right, welcome to the New Yorker Cartoon Caption Contest podcast. I am Ben Coker. With me is Beth Lawler and Paul Nesher. And on part two of today's episode, we have an interview with New Yorker cartoonist Hillary Campbell. Um, I'll open real quick because we got a bunch of emails on it uh, that they were the same captions that kept coming up for the current contest in crowdsourcing contest 823. There was only like 100 captions that were just looping if you tried doing crowdsource voting. Uh, sounds like the New Yorker initially lost 4,000 captions that were not in the crowdsourcing on day one. But uh, we've been told that has been resolved. So if you go in crowdsourcing now, you'll see all the captions and uh, it should be back to being a fair contest as of I say these words now, which is what it would be Tuesday night. Uh, so anyone who tried voting Monday, there was only about a thousand captions, but all of them are in there now as of like Tuesday afternoon. Uh, with that note, jump right in here to contest 820. Uh, the winner was It Leaves Me Feeling Empty. Uh, I was kind of hoping that would win just because uh, I found it so interesting that this is the caption that did very poorly in crowdsourcing where only nine people liked it. And uh, it just amuses me that it beat out two captions that did much, much better in crowdsourcing. So <laughs> when everyone was going in and voting, in crowdsourcing, they all thought the second place and third place captions were a lot better. And when it came to vote for an actual winner, uh, the caption that did very bad in crowdsourcing actually won. Not sure why I wanted that to happen, but it pleased me to see that it happened. <laughs> <clears throat> well, it just goes to show you that, you know, sometimes the good captions don't bubble up to the top in crowdsourcing. So it was nice that they chose one that wasn't one of the top captions yeah they very very rarely do it i like when they do it and uh and i think the voters got it right i think this was the best of the three of the three yeah i think it matches the drawing the best yeah. definitely you know because yeah. if it's squirting ink onto a page out of his ink out of his self container it'll leave him feeling empty so i thought that was good yeah it, it's a good play in words and, and it's funny and mm -hmm. it's, it's it's a very good caption and i'm glad it won yeah, it, it'll. Uh, uh, there are like three examples where they dug deep into crowdsourcing, and every time they did, that caption won. Mm -hmm. Again, not totally sure why that pleases me, but it does please me. <laughs> All right, how about fi finalists uh, this week for the alien reading a bedtime story to a little girl in bed or a little boy in bed? Hard to tell. Uh, the finalists were Good Night Trees, Good Night Dirt. Good night, humans on the earth. Uh, would you like me to read it or just implant it in your head? And okay, time to go to sleep. We've got a long trip ahead of us tomorrow. Paul, what is your take on uh, on these finalists? Uh, they're not bad. I, it, they're, they're all good, solid captions, but I saw better ones in there. So, so I'm a bit disappointed they didn't pick the better ones. Uh, for the first one... Uh, the plan good night moon uh good night moon there were better ones in there much simpler much funnier this one is just drawn out uh i i, I got bored with it halfway through the caption <laughs> mm -hmm. so it uh, just that one did not work well uh, you said they're all solid you you like well I, the, the premise of this was solid i guess i mean this particular caption not so much that i guess i misspoke on that i, I like the premise of the good night moon i thought for sure one of them was going to win 
Not this one, but I knew that Good Night Moon premise was going to win. This doesn't rhyme at all. This is terrible. No. No. Good Night Trees, Good Night Dirt, Good Night <laughs> Human Race on the Earth. That is a horrible caption. That doesn't rhyme. That doesn't do anything. That's terrible. And Earth, shouldn't, shouldn't Earth be capitalized? Yeah, it should be. And human race is on the earth capital. Yeah. It's not earth, uh, not capitalized is like dirt. earth ground. You like know, earth and dirt are the same thing. Mm -hmm. The least of its problem. It, it, yeah. That that caption had one job, which was to rhyme. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Man, I, I mean, I, I, that that is how they chosen that is blows. You know, yeah. Here's a, I, the same caption, but rhymes if you want to choose it. Uh, good night stars, good night air, good night earthlings everywhere. Yeah. 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 That rhymes. Yeah, so if you want to mm -hmm. choose one, you pick one that rhymes. Right. Uh, so that first caption is horrible. Yeah. Uh, unless yeah, you, you've convinced me that is a horrible caption. I'm sorry mm -hmm. I said that it was a solid caption. It is not a solid <laughs> I mean, caption. Here's another one I see. Good night window. Good night room. Good night earthling who is doomed. Okay, mm -hmm. again, it rhymes. Well, even just good night moons, you yeah. know, was funnier. Basically. You know, like just shortened to the point was funnier yeah, than night. doing the whole drawn out rhyme good night earth mm -hmm. but if you good want to do the drawn out rhyme make it rhyme right. i mean i know colin has an accent i don't know if <laughs> with his accent <laughs> good night trees good night dirt good night human on that earth I, if you really earth. want to stretch an accent you can maybe get it to rhyme but and maybe with his accent it rhymes i that in the original Klingon, it rhymes. So there you go. <laughs> I'm going to put this, I'm going to chalk this up to Colin's accent when he reads that, that rhymes in his voice. Otherwise. <laughs> I don't know about that. I know people with English accents and I don't think they, <laughs> those words no, would that rhyme. That does not rhyme in any accent. <laughs> no, it does not. Yeah. I mean, in the yeah, there's good night air and space, good night human race, number six in the crowdsourcing. Right. I'm going through it now. There are uh -huh. dozens with this idea, but they succeed in rhyming. Mm -hmm. This is disgraceful that they should. This makes absolutely. This is when you want. I resist myself from emailing Colleen and just saying, please explain this to me. How, how, why you choose this caption? Mm -hmm. Well, and yeah, you think and you'd think they would have edited it to uh, capital capitalize the E also. That's just that doesn't make sense to me at all. Yeah, I'll have to look in their style guide. Uh, not that I have access to their style guide, but by that I mean mm -hmm. look at other times they use the word Earth and make sure they always capitalize it. That would be yeah, a reference the, to the planet. The, the planet Earth is always capitalized. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm really misspellings just succeed in the one job of rhyming. I mean, mm -hmm. once you fail at that, you can't be forgiven for anything else. Mm -hmm. All right, so... Bearing that interruption, I'll let you continue on. on the <laughs> yeah, that was a good interruption. You, you, I'm, I'm glad that you did that because you're, you're right. I was, I, I think I was thinking about a different good night moon caption and just forgot that this was the bad one. <laughs> <laughs> so would you like me to read or just implant it in your head? I don't, it, it now you got me overthinking here again. You know, I'm reading this and I'm going, you know, I actually don't like that one either now. <laughs> Paul's doing a complete retraction. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. I don't know what I was thinking. I was... I'm, I'm okay with this one. Would you like me to read or just implant it in your head? I, I think that's fine. Yeah, uh, it's... 
I'll yeah. say at the outset, I don't think there were any home runs. I, I don't yeah. think anyone nailed this cartoon where I thought, wow, how'd they not choose that one? I didn't see any that I really liked. Uh, so for my take, would you like me to just implant it in your head? That's as good as anything else I saw. And I'd have the same take with, okay, time to go to sleep. We've got a long trip ahead of us tomorrow. I think that's okay, too. Yeah. It's not I, great. I you're right. You're right there. And I think it is the case where there is actually no home runs. So it's just like, this is as good as any of the other ones. So, yeah. yeah. So that's how I'm thinking about it. These are fine. Yeah. I had a similar idea to the second one. And now I'm upset that I didn't submit it because in the data, there's only four captions that use the word implant. And uh, mine was, it's not so much reading as it is implanting stories into in your head or something like that. Yeah, similar. So it would have had a, a good shot, you know, was similar enough. If we're, if we're looking back, I'm, I'm going through what uh, I had come up with for this, and I'm really disappointed I did not enter Roswell that ends well. <laughs> you know, I, I saw other ones that were similar, you know, talking about Roswell, but I, I like that one now. After seeing what they picked, it's like mm -hmm. Roswell that ends well is a good one. Yeah, yeah. and you know, a lot of rhymes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I like mine kind of making fun of Dr. Seuss. I submitted a, there's no intelligent life on your planet if this guy's a doctor, which is kind of a thinker, but uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I like captions that make fun of people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I liked it. That's good. Well, I, I'm going to vote for the third one, even though I think it could have been worded a lot better than yeah. what it is. I don't think it needed the okay. And I yeah. don't think it needs the word tomorrow. You know, it could have just been like, we have a long trip ahead, you know? Yeah. Okay. Uh, time yeah. to sleep. We have a long trip ahead would yeah. be more succinct. And I think better, but I like the I like the idea of the joke. And I think it's the strongest out of the three of them. I agree. Yes. I will be joining you in voting for that as well. I've already voted for that one. Mm -hmm. All Good right, job, Steve Lieberman. <laughs> All right, with that, let's jump into uh, this week's contest A24. A uh, snake talking to another snake who looks like he just swallowed, and we could uh, we could have this debate. But to me, it looks very obvious that he just swallowed a lion. Uh, but let's have that debate, because I'm sure there's listeners who are having that debate. To me, that is a lion's tail. Uh, is that not either of your takes? I thought it could have been anything, not mm -hmm. necessarily lion. It just, it, it can work for any large animal. It's like, I don't think you're just going to rely on that little puff on the lion's tail. You know, it's. Yeah, lions have that thin tail with the fluffy end. Like that is such a unique thing to a lion that I don't think other animals have that. Yeah. I. I, I think the tail looks like a lion's tail, but the, the little bumps on the left upper side of the snake look like rhinoceros horns to me. But a, rhino a rhinoceros is much bigger than that, so it's obviously not a rhinoceros. But those yeah, little bumps on the, on the left were throwing me off. Yeah, I think that's just the cartoonist trying to get shapes in there. Mm -hmm. I guess it had to be anything. Yeah. Uh, with that said, did either of you uh, submit yet? I did. I submitted. Uh, oh, Paul, did you? 
No, I did not. Oh, okay. I, no. So I'm, I'm still thinking about it. Yeah. I submitted, um, your stomach is still growling, which I thought of within the first 30 seconds of seeing the cartoon. And um, then I waited maybe too long. I waited till the next day to submit it. I feel pretty confident that will be a finalist. Mm -hmm. I'll be surprised if that's not a finalist. Uh, I don't know if it'll be a finalist on the UN name because I don't think it'll be the only one to submit it. Huh. I think that'll be a finalist. Uh, and I, I, I grappled with using the word still in it. Your stomach is still growling versus your stomach is growling. Mm -hmm. But I felt like still was important because he's already eaten, you know? Yeah. And it's not like, you know, if your stomach is empty, it would be growling, but you've just eaten this giant thing and your stomach is still growling because the animal in it is growling. So, um, so I use the word still, but that was what I was debating to myself before I submitted it. I, that, I can, that's a, I can understand that debate. I tend to <laughs> like still as well, uh, mm -hmm. but I wouldn't say without still it's a bad, if they choose it without the still, I wouldn't say it's now a bad caption. It right. does work either way. Right. Uh, I think that'll be a finalist, though. So I didn't. I didn't even try to come up with anything else. That that was it. <laughs> that was as far as I got. I, I got distracted here. I was looking up uh, wild boar images. And that could be a wild boar. Sorry, <laughs> 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 right. it's just it, you got me thinking. So I had to look up wild boars. Mm. Uh, oh, in other words, why would it be a wild boar? No one really cares about. No, why not? <laughs> <laughs> you know, is it, like there are animals that show up in cartoons and it's bears and it's lions and it's snakes. It's like the pop and it's sharks. I demand like equal time for wild boars. That's You know, boars are just irrelevant. No one's going to draw a boar tail because no one cares about a boar. Like it's going to be one of the top five animals. You know, there's sharks, there's lions, there's bears, there's snakes. Uh, lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, I got news for you. Oh, my isn't the horrible caption. No. <laughs> but uh we well, we're trying to get uh we're trying to work out the schedule to uh to get david borchart on hopefully we do if not we'll at least try and get his original caption mm -hmm. and confirmation that this is a line <laughs> or a wild boar <laughs> <laughs> or a wild boar <laughs> uh so, Paul, you have not submitted? Neither have I. I have not, and I have not. Have, I don't have any captains about wild boars, so I'm, I'm actually good there. Uh, I, I only came up with a handful, and I decided this is just going to have to marinate for a while. Uh, the ones that I came up with were, uh, that's hard to swallow, kind of an obvious one. There's, there's going to be a bunch of those. Uh, your problems are just beginning. So... There's a worse. process of digestion that's going to be a problem for yeah. this uh, snake here. Mm -hmm. uh, don't talk with your mouth full. Another one that's going to be kind of common. Mm -hmm. And one that I stole from David Cypress, save room for sex. <laughs> <laughs> Which is one of my all-time favorite cartoons. <laughs> or is it leave room for sex? Leave room for sex. It's leave room for sex. Okay. <laughs> So, but yeah, this is just, there, there's something better there and I just have to work at it. Yeah. I like your mouthful caption. I think that's good. That is going to be very common. I, I'm not mm. going to, I'm not going to submit that one. Yeah. Any that you saw that stood out on uh, the Facebook page? Um, no, only a couple of them. I liked uh, 
you won't be able to, you won't be able to go swimming for a whole year. And, oh. um, and then there's another one next time I, I call heads, which I thought was okay. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't really see any that really jumped out at me as, um, you know, home runs. Was there an overall take in the Facebook group that this was a, not that it was discussed, but what captions geared toward this being a lion? Um, I would, I would not say that a lot of people have said things made captions about, um, cows. Um, cows. and then, cows. uh, oh, in the there jungle, was a, of course. yeah, they're in the jungle. So I don't know why a cow would be in there. Wild but, cow of the jungle. Wild cow of the jungle. And then, um, there was one Simba caption. So a lion. Yeah. And then most people are just kind of staying away from generic. Yeah. You know, they're just doing generic without actually um, saying what kind of animal it is. Yeah. Cause I had like several, you know, King of the Jungle ideas or Wizard of Oz ideas, but uh -huh. I don't want to do it if the majority of people are not going to see it as a lion. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, so now I'm torn on uh, what, I, what, I, what I... It's just the tell there. So it's like, it's it, you're pushing it, I think, if you really specifically want a lion. I mean, I don't think people are going to see it, you know, automatically go, it's a lion. I think it's just mm -hmm. better to just look at it as whatever it swallowed. It doesn't matter. It's just, it's a big animal. Mm -hmm. You're probably right. Although I, will, I, I would bet a lot of money that that's a lion's tail. If you come up with a good line, one go for it. I mean, it, it's going to work. If you see lion in the caption, you're going to relook and go, "Oh yeah, that's a lion." Yeah, but I don't mm -hmm. think if you do like a like a king reference, it would it would land, or even like a Wizard of Oz reference that it would. No, land. that's pushing it. That's a little too land. far of a reach for them to make. So an interesting, uh, interesting. I, if listeners want to email and let us know if your initial thoughts were not a lion, uh, I'd be interested. Uh, I'm kind of surprised that they chose this as a as a caption contest cartoon because there was one similar to it years ago. It was a Danny Shanahan with two snakes um, slithering next to each other, and one had like obviously swallowed somebody with a big butt. Yeah, I remember. And the and the big <laughs> you could see the outline of the big butt in the snake. Yeah, I don't think that's similar to this actually at all, other than it's no? a snake. It's a snake with yeah. It's I, yeah. It's different captions. Yeah, the giant mm -hmm. butt was a very specific, and I remember the caption just because I liked it a lot. Was a uh, mm -hmm. I don't like the way Adam looks at you. Winner, <laughs> which was a very good caption. Yes, yeah, yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> That's the Danny Shanahan one. Yep, yep. Uh, I, I don't think this is too similar to that. I think that was very butt specific, and this is. <laughs> uh, but a good drawing, and I hope we uh, I hope we can get him on in a few weeks. Uh, mm -hmm talking about it yeah right. i think the drawing is great yeah he's he's uh one of the on the better end of mm -hmm. yeah fantastic artist mm -hmm. all right with that uh should we jump into our interview here with hillary sure all right stay tuned we'll be right back with uh hillary campbell Let's, we'll jump in live. Yeah, uh, why not? So Hillary, thank you for joining us. Much appreciated. Thank you for having me, of course. 
we like to start, if you don't mind, with just a quick background of uh, what got you into cartooning and uh, the early days. Ah, uh, uh, the early days. It's a, um, it's like, okay, well, God. Um, well, I definitely have been drawing since I was a kid, you know. Um, I was always drawing cartoons. And my mom had me in every art class she could really put me in, you know, probably just keep, you know, keep the fourth child busy, you know. Um, but I also, I wanted to become a cartoonist, actually, at the at age five. I would, like, I wrote it in my, I had it in my, like, list of dreams of, like, dream jobs. But I was, um, my, my grandfather... Um, Dan Vaughn was golfing buddies with Charles Schultz and they well they had this relationship you know basically on and off the course there and um, in Northern California and Schultz used to do a lot of drawings um, specifically for this um, tournament my grandpa used to run in San Jose and so they had this you know long-term friendship and that also resulted in uh, Schultz doing a lot of he gave he gave a ton of work to my grandfather and so we I grew up really like in awe of him and then we had originals around the house of just little you know big drawings he'd done for my mother and um, I mean she's one of she was one of eight eight siblings so there's just a lot of work from his around my house and around my grandparents' house. And he was such a big figure, obviously to everyone, but um, specifically for me, um, I really wanted to just like draw like him and, you know, write jokes like him and everything. And, and it's how I learned to draw originally. I would take Snoopy books and I'd try to copy them. Um, and I do think I can see a little bit of the influence of that in my work when it comes to kind of like my eyes and the no way I draw noses and stuff. But um, so, and if I didn't, you know, once, once I was like in high school and stuff, I like didn't think I was going to become a cartoonist at all. I, I ended up going to film school and had a career in film and I lived in LA and um, did a bunch of other things. And ultimately ended up still wanting to draw um particularly as an outlet just for my own personality like I think I just realized I wanted to be doing things basically on my own I was like I didn't I was working sort of in film production and film festivals and all these other jobs and I just wanted to like be doing my own thing um and so I started drawing cartoons again, which is funny, just kind of like to circle back to what you do, what you did as a little kid. Um, and so that was in 20, I think like 2014, 2015, I started to like, I was always drawing, painting and like doing that kind of stuff, but kind of just started really thinking more about the ideas of cartoons and becoming a cartoonist. Um, and so then I, I mean, it took me, I sold uh, my first piece to the New Yorker, I think the end of 2016. Um, Is that who you first started submitting to when you came back to the realization that you wanted to be a cartoonist? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, there's so few publications these days that even, yeah. um, you know, purchase cartoons. Um, 
And the New Yorker is obviously like New Yorker bust kind of like a, for as far as a gag cartooning. Um, and I, w- before, well, basically I started at Instagram because Insta- I know Instagram is really sort of falling apart these days and it's, it's sad to watch, but uh, you know, in 2013, 2014, 2015, Instagram definitely was like the place to just like start putting your work and like, um, you know, basically building a portfolio on there. Um, so I started just putting stuff on Instagram every day and just was just building basically an audience. And then I, I don't know if it was before or right at the same time I illustrated, I got hired to illustrate a book, um, called a feminist fight club by Jessica Bennett. And that was like a big job for me a big first job that definitely helped it just sort of helped set up the rest of my career it was a very popular book it's just a great book um and you know it's at harper collins and jessica bennett's this you know incredible new york times journalist and that was basically i think maybe right before i sold my first thing to the new yorker um and kind of finally gave me a chunk of money to sort of stop waitressing and nannying and really go after cartooning more yeah. Uh, how did you break into the New Yorker? Where, where I were you mean, submitting? you just, you know, you just start submitting. <laughs> where were you submitting to? I was submitting to Bob Mankoff first. I was, um, I was submitting to Bob, I submitted to Bob Mankoff for every week for a year. You know, but yeah, but how did you submit to him? Through Submittable? Oh, I was bringing them into the office. Oh, you were, you were hand delivering cartoons every week? Yeah. Oh. I think, I mean, I, I the, the weeks that I couldn't go in you know i was just emailing them in but um, well, I, again i'm just just curious emailing them to who to bob how'd you get his email address <laughs> i found other cartoonists online and asked them what the fuck to do i was <laughs> like what do you do how do you do this like, I, mean, I asked because if you google how to do it they give you a submittable sure yeah no and, and and not to say that you shouldn't do that like that's that's like their generic, you know, sort of way to do it. I guess I. But you kind of just emailed Bob and said, hey, I'm going to start sending you cartoons. Uh, well, no, I mean, I think I, I mean, I physically started going in at first. Right. Like, I mean, I remember my first day going into the New Yorker and I, it was funny. It was because it was my first day and I'm walking in like nervous out of my mind. And then it was also Ellis Rosen's first day. And then we met in the lobby and we're both like oh my god hi I don't know you we're both so nervous and then we've like been best friends ever since yeah we've had him on uh yeah I love Ellis he's the best um so we yeah we started on the same day um we didn't sell at the same time for the first time but um but we started going it must have been that I was I mean I was you know turning my cartoons in and and then maybe I got the Collins email god I on it I don't know all right (laughs) And then uh, did you sell on the Bob or did you? No, I didn't start selling until like the day Emma arrived. And when you, you were seeing her in person or you just. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, do you remember if you sold in person or if it was one that you emailed? Well, they don't tell you if you sell something and right. yeah, I mean, you turn your work in, mm-hmm. um, you turn your work in in person, but it, you still wouldn't find out. And, you know, so work gets turned in on a Tuesday, but you don't find out until Friday. I don't know if I turned that one in in person. I'm not sure. I I, I, I probably didn't. I don't know. 
I'm not, I, or maybe I didn't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. What was the first so, one? It's a, it's called shipping and handling your emotions. And, um, it's just a bunch of packages that have funny emotional labels. Um, and I had originally drawn that image in my notebook, my sketchbook, the night Trump one, cause I was so sad. Huh. And, um, so I was drawing sad packaging that says like, this is the side of me I was trying to hide. Um, you know, fragile since 2012. Like I just, it's like, a, it's a pretty silly cartoon. I mean, I like it, but it's like, you know, and you never expect the first one to sell. You go, Oh, that one. Like, okay. Like it wasn't, I wasn't like, whoa, this is the best thing I've ever drawn. <laughs> you know, like I truly just drew some cardboard boxes. <laughs> um, but, but there you have it. That's the first one. I think it was like the day Emma started or that, I mean, the week Emma started, she brought me in. So uh, you didn't actually sell to Bob, even though you were submitting. No, to Bob I submitted to Bob for a year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I submitted to him every week for a year <laughs> so there you have it wow that's a great cartoon no thank Just you hold it up yeah oh yeah were you submitting roughs at that time or everything you submitted was kind of the final product i think it's, i mean you know when you start submitting to the new yorker you don't really want to be sending roughs in right. you need yeah. to you know there's definitely the prove yourself period um yeah. so mm -hmm. everything i was sending was a finish I still do a lot of finishes actually, because I'm kind of like already drawing them. So I go, well, I'm already drawing it, you know, like, am I going to do it? If I'm going to do it, I'll do it. <laughs> so what's, what's your process then? Do you start out with pencils and are you, are you having a computer right now? Uh, I don't like to do computer stuff personally. Okay. It's not my bag. I mean, I, you know, I do it for like corporate gigs I have and stuff. Um, but it's, I just prefer to just draw on paper. Um, my process is, I mean, I, you know, I guess like most cartoonists, you know, I have a sketchbook on me at all times and, um, I draw a lot. I just draw all day, every day. And, you know, some stuff is a gag and some stuff, some, you know, I kind of comb through I, on Sundays and Mondays, I kind of comb through my sketchbooks, um, as of lately and just sort of pick out any idea that seems, you know, one one panel gag ish for the New Yorker and um I go through and I pick you know however many ideas I have for that week and then and then yeah I, I, I just kind of do a light sketch I draw on Bristol uh, just sort of thick thick paper and I do a light sketch and then I um and then I and then I draw it <laughs> Um, and then, um, I, you know, and then lately I kind of let everything dry before going in to do an ink wash. Um, I mean, there's obviously a huge process of like, is this funny? It's a lot of me texting Ellis going, uh, question mark? Yes, works. <laughs> yes, no, I don't know. You know, like, and um, or, or Ellis and Sophia Warren are kind of my, um, my, my buddies. And um, I mean, I'm friends with I don't know. I don't know. They're the people I talk to the most. So, um, but I, yeah, a lot of, is this funny? That's a basic, that's a big, obviously joke writing thing where you're like, is this reading at all? Um, and so I usually try to determine that, but obviously of course, before, before I draw the damn thing. Um, and, 
and then and then you do I love doing ink washes they're very they I feel so zen they're my, that's my favorite part of everything um and then you gotta scan them and send them in and you know just assume they won't sell that's what I always tell myself I go well they probably won't sell like <laughs> oh it's so hard it's yeah. that, what you described there that's all magic to me it's yeah. art is just magic to me yeah yeah just pull something out of the air and just put it on paper and it's sure. there it's like where and, did uh, that come from that's, that's yeah. magic to me well I, I don't understand people that make music so I go what my god and you just thought like there's a note and then you did another note like I don't understand um but you know I've been drawing a long time obviously and and it's you know it's it's interesting for even myself to look back how I used to draw five years ago I go whoa I'm so much better now like like I don't like my work from however many years ago but it's just sort of what happens obviously you draw you draw every day you're just sort of naturally just like you know and you're gonna get more into your own style um <laughs> I really like the work that I of my own that I like the most is like the mo the work that is the the most free and like like the, the you know the line work isn't rigid because I I feel like for me as a cartoonist I'm really trying to achieve like a really like free line and like in a George Booth kind of way where you're like this guy's not going painstakingly over his like lines of like the dog and the human like I, I I like a lot of expression um mm -hmm. so I try um to not take them too seriously of course when you're drawing them so you're like you know once you start gripping the pen too hard the drawing is going to be freaking horrible um but yeah and then, you know and I go through periods where I just can't think of gag cartoons and it's just like not my bag for a while like I because I do a lot of long form work as mm -hmm. well I'm working on my second um you know graphic nonfiction right now so that's gonna take me you know 25 years probably <laughs> and um but I so I love but I love gags I love long I don't know I'm all over the place really so your you first know, oh, we're all talking at the same time yeah, go ahead Beth. go ahead <laughs> I was gonna say so your first graphic um novel was the murder book yeah so that's are you a, a murder podcast fan or how I'm did that a come big about? murder podcast fan <laughs> I mean you know of course before the podcast there was just the book um <laughs> but yeah so murder book it's almost a year now since it's been out um mm. which is so wild I can't believe it I um I started to, to draw murder book because well yeah I mean I've been obsessed with true crime you know for since forever um big reader of true crime also you know like watched you know all the documentaries all the all the tv shows all that stuff since i was pretty young and and really it's also like it's a big part of my relationship with my mother and my sisters and you know um so i was wanting to basically it was just trying to figure out like i was like i know i want to do a big book like i want to like find whatever subject it is that i'm going to be able to sort of create a longer, um, you know, graphic book. And I was talking with my agent about it and, you know, she's like, okay, well send me five ideas you think are, you know, are worthy for you of a book. <laughs> and I sent her, her five ideas. And one of them was just, um, I don't know, my mom and I talk about murder a lot. <laughs> and she was like, I think you need to follow that. Um, <laughs> so I, I did, 
did. And, and it, it was very easy for me to write. It was like, I knew I wanted to talk more. I wanted to talk about the true crime community rather than an, rather than actual crime itself, because there was all, it were also, you know, in the past several years in this moment of such a um, true crime boom, but at the mm. same time, um, people that love true crime have been here since forever you know like there's like there's kind of like a light being shined on the community um because of ever since serial came out in 2014 it really like sort of changed basically all the media we consume today it was a very like pivotal moment um and so it felt like the community was being shined on but then there's sort of the idea they're like oh it's not right to be so like you know obsessive with this stuff and so i wanted to a, write a book about my mother, but also write a book about um, the true crime community and sort of explain why it is people, you know, and as women and men that are, why they are so attracted to consuming um, crime, fiction, uh, nonfiction. Um, and so it all, be, it took me about three years to draw. Wow. Um, it's a, you know, it's almost, it's like a 350 page book so it's, it's a lot of cartoons <laughs> wow did you yeah. ever have any self doubt going in, in the middle of that of course yeah yeah i'm like what, what am i doing i mean I'm, I'm in it right now with my new book i'm like i don't even know what this is but like, you know you're just like drawing random pages you're like i guess this uh pope this flows together i have no idea um and you know it, the, the, the structure is what really can be very daunting for me of like you know, it's, you can structure a three page cartoon you can structure a 20 page cartoon, but structuring something that's like this big can get, you get very lost in it. Um, you know, it's hard to zoom out and like literally see it and make sure it's coming together. Um, I'd want to like paste them all over my walls and be like, does this add up? Like, <laughs> um, and, but yeah, tons of doubt. Of course. How could you not? Yeah. It's, it's every cartoonist that we, had on it has done a graphic uh, novel yeah it said the same thing it's like they get halfway through and it's it's what the hell am i doing yeah yeah what like doing? why and, and like and why would anyone read this i was like i don't like <laughs> um but you know since the book come has come out it's it's been i mean andrews mcmeal has been um such a wonderful publisher and my editor is awesome and yeah, really just want wonderful response to the book um i've had so many messages from readers saying like I finally feel understood like you know this is like this book like explains my whole psyche and I was like that was my hope to like sort of write a love letter to the true crime community and to the people who consume it um and and uh, and that's the one thing I was like I feel like I haven't seen a book like that um that's actually speaking to the readers rather than mm -hmm. um I don't know I mean the murderers I don't know what the rest I don't know where that sentence goes uh, <laughs> I wasn't even aware there was a community until oh. I, have, I found out that I have a friend who listens to true crime podcasts like every mm -hmm. free moment she possibly can. Absolutely. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> that's like, that's a big that's community. Like kind of scary, but it's, it, it's interesting. And, um, you know, her husband said he'll he'll come home from work and she'll be in the kitchen cooking, slicing yeah. things with a big knife, listening to murder <laughs> podcasts. And that sounds like, like my sister. Oh my yeah. god, get me out of here! <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Yeah, so. Uh, it's a lot of you know, and, and it is a lot of women. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, the 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 readership, the, or you know, view 
listeners, readers, watchers um, are somewhere upwards of like 60 to 70 percent female. Mm -hmm. So it it, there is an obvious draw there for women. Um, But, you know, famously, Conan O'Brien also loves true crime. So we can't Mm -hmm. say that it's just the ladies. (laughs) Yeah. Did you watch Only Murders in the Building? Of course I did. (laughs) I watched that too. It was so fun. Mm -hmm. I haven't finished season two yet, but I loved season one. Yeah. And I mean, I'll I'll watch anything that's Steve Martin and Martin Short. Mm -hmm. Like they're they're the funniest people on this planet. Yeah. That's why I watched it. Yeah. Because of them. But uh, but it did give me a glimpse also into this murder. Yeah, thing. yeah. There and there yeah. that's ex- it's like totally up my alley, obviously, and mm-hmm. in the, in the, in up the alley of the book of like mm-hmm. talking about the people who are actually, you know, maybe <laughs> consuming a little too much. <laughs> and I just want to point out to the people listening at home, if they could see the video right now with Vin and me just kind of sitting back and just I, uh, like, yeah. and you two are just going on the about men, the murders. They rarely just, get it. Uh, that was a great okay, scene okay. Well, did you guys, did you men watch Only in, only Murders in the Building? I, I wanted to. I don't get Hulu. So. Oh, okay. uh, I, I haven't, but I, I didn't, what, what is, in other words, I, I know of Serial, and I did listen to Serial way mm-hmm. back when it was out. I But what's, there's many other true crime podcasts that what, do the same thing, just pick a case and kind of go through it? Oh, there's thousands. Mm-hmm. And they just what you just pick a random case and they go through a random case. Like well, a yeah, shop. I mean, yeah, they, yeah. So they decide, you know, the producers. Um, there's so many. I mean, there's a lot of um, podcasts that are um, going a looking back at cold cases um, and trying to figure out like why did you know this person's killer? What happened? Why did the police fuck up so much? How did this person ever? You know, like a. Um, there's an incredible one about solving the missing person case of Jacob Wetterling. This young boy went missing in Minnesota in the eighties and they never found him. And it was all due to police negligence. And it's, it was a sad story that the, wow. the killer, anyways, that's a, um, you know, and a wrongful conviction, a ton of wrongful conviction podcasts. And, and, and the, a lot of those journalists are doing the work to get people out, you know, with like the innocence project of like, they shouldn't be in there. Um, I mean, I'm, I, ha- I hate to break it to you. This is a huge thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> does, does anything come out of these? In other words, I remember listening to yeah. it and it ended and it was just, that was pointless. It kind of just when- no, it's not pointless. <laughs> Adnan literally just got freed. It's not mm-hmm. pointless. He, uh, I did hear that he got freed, but I yeah. think that's new evidence that came out it had nothing really to do. The podcast was the podcast. No, but ended. the podcast, but the podcast brings attention. I mean, one of the biggest problems with, um, or the biggest issues you can have in in cases that run cold or or wrongful convictions is it is it, something leaves the media. Um, there's less pl- pressure on the police to solve something. So, so when you have a podcast or a book or something kind of shining light back on a case and, and bringing it back to people's attention and bringing it back into the public eye, into the media, then it's sort of, it's reminding people this didn't get something like it puts more pressure and it, more attention to the case. 
Yeah. What about what about John Benet Ramsey? Whatever happened with her? Good God! Well, I you know what? I mean, I think about it every day of my life. Are you kidding me? I'm still convinced that the that her brother accidentally killed her, mm-hmm. and that the that the parents were like, "We have to cover it up." That's yeah. what I think too. And I think that's yeah. what most people think. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll just have to we'll have to go to bed at night just yeah. telling ourselves that. Yeah. So so what is your new new book about? Uh, not murder at all. Uh, <laughs> I'm pivoting. Um, what's well, the? Uh, it's called the joy of snacking, and it is um, it's about snacks. Um, <laughs> my first book was of uh, you know very focused on my mother, my relationship with my mother, and um, I wanted to do something that was going to pivot more to my father, um, who is a big cook. But I, it's. Um, quite frankly I'm not a foodie I'm I I like live to eat an ego waffle you know and I feel like there's such a uh, massive foodie community obviously now and like cooking is such a big deal and I wanted to draw a book that was more for the people who like are like I like Cheez-Its like <laughs> um but, but I mean, that was like my pitch for the book of like, I was like, you know, I'm going to tell fun, silly stories about growing mm-hmm. up and being, I was like, I was legitimately afraid of food as a kid for many years. And like, and like as so many kids are, um, and sort of the exploration of like, of course, a blanket statement, learning to love yourself, but you know, <laughs> especially um, for women, you know, food is a, could be an extremely um, emotional area when it comes to the expectation on women's bodies. And um, so it's the book is sort of, I mean, I'm in the middle of it. So this is why I'm talking in circles. Mm-hmm. It's talking about um, how all of your relationships um, and how food affects love how food affects your family relationship how it affects friendship how it affects your relationship with yourself um and um and i'm having a lot of fun drawing it because it's so different than murder book and um and it's you know drawing myself as a little kid you know and like the terror i had when like anyone like if someone said it, i was going to eat pasta with red sauce i'm like that's very frightening <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so it's going to follow sort of like, um, you know, growing up, learning to like be okay with food. And, um, it's, so it's, it's obviously, I think the boys are probably still like not understanding me right now, but, um, <laughs> I get it. I uh, yeah, think that so, sounds great. Yeah. Like I'm really food. excited I like about food. it. <laughs> yeah. I love food, you know, but it's fun. It's fun that it's like, you could tell like a silly story, you know, and, or not silly, but you know, the stories and then like the end, and then there's a recipe at the end and the, but the recipe is like, an apple and peanut butter, you know, so I'm, I'm having a lot of fun. It's very silly. Um, and, but I've also, you know, um, um, the book is also part like a history just in the way that murder book was also part of history of true crime itself. I'm, I'm, um, reading so much right now about the history of snacks, um, in America and, and how, um, how much world war two changed the way we eat. And so, uh, I'm, this is all going to end up in the book, but um, I'm in research right now, and it's it's blowing my mind how much war um, has changed. Mm-hmm. Every war like brings about the new change in like the uh, our diet, and it's um I wouldn't have realized that, but uh, wow. it all goes no, back to Napoleon Bonaparte, which is really quite funny. <laughs> wow, I never knew that. Yeah, yeah, I'm reading all these books right now. It's like 
anyways, well, stay tuned. I'm not going to finish my yeah, book no, forever. No, so. Surprise. <laughs> surprise. Yeah. Wow. I've always wanted to write a cookbook called The Oy of Cooking because I'm terrible. I'm a terrible cook. Okay, so, me too. I mean, I try. I, I, yeah. can, I can cook certain things, sure. but I am very accident prone in the, in the kitchen. So I've of always course. wanted to write a I book like called that. The Oy that's of a, Cooking. That's funny. I like that title too. Okay. <laughs> Um, I'm a horrible cook. Yeah. Horrible. I, it, my boyfriend makes every, all the meal. I'm not, I shouldn't be expected to, I'd be like, I can make mac and cheese, you know? And, um, and then you shouldn't really ask me to do much after that. So I can make a salad. Cause I, it's like more like putting together just things like you don't have to cook them. Um, but, um, yeah. So yeah, that'll all change as you uh, do research on this book. You're gonna get yeah, it's a uh, it's it's fun. Again, today I was just reading all about World War II and um and uh, you know everything, all the science that they had to figure out how to feed soldiers, um and you know and how to pack nutrients into small things, and like that's how you end up with like granola bars, you know, just at yeah. the grocery store today. Um, so every we have we have war to thank for our snacks, which yeah. is you know a really beautiful sentiment. Yeah, I have a friend who was a chef on a submarine. Oh, in the army! And can you imagine being a chef uh-huh. on a submarine? That sounds like, horrible. Oh my god, the stories he tells are crazy, <laughs> crazy. Fish yes. again? Oh, I can't even imagine. I disgusting. So, oh, mm-hmm. no, thank you. Yeah, just to be on a submarine, I already yeah. don't like it. <laughs> I don't want to be there. I'm good. Yeah. I don't where are we with milk nowadays? Is milk good for you? I never know if milk's good for you anymore. No it's like clue. in, then it's out, then it's yeah. in. Milk I feel like it is good for you, but maybe I don't. I'm not a milk drinker though, so I can't. I can't comment. You know, I'm not. I'm not up on the stuff. I grew up on powdered milk. Oh, oh being forced, oh. being yeah. forced to drink powdered milk at dinner, <laughs> and oh my god, I do not touch milk. Yeah. No. Why and that's another thing. Expect- so powdered milk came from oh. World War One. Mm-hmm. Okay, oh, it's, it's just I'm vile. A lot. <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. absolutely vile. <laughs> it sounds yeah. awful. Yeah, my mother used to mix then. up. Uh, she used to mix up a batch right before dinner, so it would be warm and lumpy, and then <laughs> my father would like make us drink it. Oh, <laughs> horrible! Milk was expensive. What was the reason of? Drinking I think it was. I think it was a cost thing back then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's uh, um, just nasty. You know, it, it's cheaper than. Um, but anyway, I cut I cut you off, Paul. What were you going to? No, I, I was just going to say, being from Wisconsin, there's a law here that says we have to drink a gallon of milk a day. So uh, legally, legally, it's like <laughs> we have to check in every uh, every day for it. <laughs> That's a thing. That's the go mad diet: gallon of milk a day. Oh my God, no. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> so, uh, before we jump back into cartoons, which I do want to do, yeah. uh, let's talk about your podcast for a minute. I know you have a podcast. I do uh, have a podcast. Yeah. About this weekend, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's called What'd You Do This Weekend? And we just um, we talk about whatever it is you did that weekend. We have, yeah, you know, writers, comedians, artists, journalists, whoever on um and it's fun you just find out what people did that weekend it's always different you know i love it 
It's um, I love to find out, you know, how does someone spend their Saturday? How do they like their coffee? What sort of pissed them off that weekend? What are they reading? What are they watching? You know, it's um, it's we. I've started it. We just recorded just our twenty first episode last night, so you know, it's it's new. Um, but I'm having a lot of fun with it. What made you want to do that? Just because. I like to know what people do. an excuse do. to talk to uh, I truly just like to know. I love it. I love, I love to just talk about life, minu- the minutiae. Like, you know, like, did you sleep last night? And like, I'm like, <laughs> okay, you didn't sleep well. Like now I know that. Like I, <laughs> I'm, I'm really big on schedules. I love to know someone's schedule. I find that really interesting um and it's it's like hearing about other people's artists routines are interesting um yeah i'm 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 weird about i love that stuff (laughs) that's interesting that's almost a voyeurism there that Mm -hmm. uh, for people listening in on you because it's just you guys talking about stuff your weekend i mean i just you know it's it was also a fun way like i haven't been doing a lot of stand-up lately so it's like i feel like i get to do something and then i feel like i was funny and i go nice (laughs) <laughs> um but I mean, I mean i like to read me- i love reading memoirs like total warriors like i love reading about like i love history and i love memoirs and i love facts um and so so it really just falls in line for me to just figure out what people are doing on the weekends um and and again it's it's yeah it's been really but everyone we have on like it's so different every time so it's um it's it's been been quite entertaining what type of stand-up do you do do you stand do you, you do like stand-up prompted with cartoons or just straight stand-up just straight stand-up i mean i have done stand-up with like i've done like uh emily flake yeah that's and me and emily and chatfield and victor varnado have done you know um several shows of rejected rejected cartoons um with stand-up because we all separately do stand-up um just on our own and so we've done those shows but I I am I have again I've barely done it lately but I used to do it a lot more um and I just uh I like I love doing stand-up it's um but it's it's taxing though it's the literal just the time you have to put in I don't have time anymore which clubs do you frequently perform that well they're all brooklyn you know no one Mm. you wouldn't know what i was talking about they're um uh brooklyn brooklyn things Mm. (laughs) i have a show in december um at nighthawk um it's like a christmas show should be fun i think it's on december (gasps) december 8th I, i can't remember right now um but um what's the I don't know I get, I get my stand-ups mostly about my mother like you know like kind of everything else in my life <laughs> do you have a routine then or is it just kind of improv for you or kind of both I have both, both. I guess mm-hmm. yeah um it's the same I mean a lot of the stuff from murder book was from sets I would do as well like a lot of similar jokes like I just put them in the book um so they kind of translated over it's I think the, the thing I like doing is for stand-up is like it really helps you also in writing jokes you know writing cartoons like you know you, you figure out if something works on stage can it work in a cartoon how do you have to change it for it to work in a cartoon and then do the reverse of that like you know jo- jokes that you have in your cartoons 
how would those work on stage? Because they're different, you know, like you can have the same joke, but you have to deliver them very differently. Um, and it helps me just come up or, I mean, I, again, I, I don't do it as much. Basically the pandemic kind of like, I just like lost interest in like spending that much time <laughs> out at night uh, at comedy clubs. Um, but um, it really, I mean, it keeps you fresh with writing jokes and material. And um, and I think doing stand-up for me definitely has helped me like hone in on my voice more. Um, especially when it comes to other types of writing too. Cause I, I write, I work, um, I do TV stuff as well. So it's, um, they all just sort of inform each other. Yeah. What does TV stuff mean? TV stuff means that I've, you know, been in and out of trying to sell a TV show for like 10 years. I've, I, you know, I've gotten very close. So I'm always sort of in, I'm, I'm in development right now on another show. Um, like a sitcom I, type I pilot? can't like actually talk about, but I can say that I'm in development. All right, yeah. Fair yeah. The, the writing side, not necessarily the actress side, or both. Hey, who knows? No, again, no writing. It's my, I, you know, I write the shows. <laughs> oh, very nice. Hopefully more to come on that. Yeah, hopefully. Cool. Uh, jumping back to cartoons. Um, yeah. How many, how many have you had published so far? Oh my God, I don't know. I don't know. More than I, 20 probably. Well, I, they buy them. They don't always publish them. I, they, they've yeah, got that's... a lot of them that are not published. I I don't know. <laughs> I, I noticed looking back at your, say, looking back no at your old cartoons, which is something I see often, so it interests me. Yeah. Uh, looks like you used to sign them with your initials. I know. I changed my signature all the time. It's weird. It seems as a lot of cartoonists break in, they start with initials and eventually yeah. you kind of have the confidence to do their full name. Is yeah. I know what it is. I know. It's something about what is it? I don't know. A confident. I don't know. I think it's like, uh, you know, you also start seeing all your friends' signatures and you're like, hmm, maybe I want to do something different. Like, you're like, well, they're signing that way and they're signing this way. And I always signed HFC, but lately I've just been writing Hillary. And so what is that? I don't know. Maybe in therapy I can really unpack that. <laughs> I think I noticed also Liana was like, she changes it all the time. I'm like, well, very cool, Liana. Like, sometimes <laughs> she just writes LF. Sometimes she writes Fink. Sometimes she writes L Fink. Sometimes she writes Liana, Liana Fink. And I was like, okay, Liana, I see you. Like, <laughs> um, and so then I started, I was like, okay. Because then I was afraid. It's, it's, I was like, am I not allowed to change it? Because I want to change it. Like, I don't think I want to write HFC anymore. And then it's like, obviously, I'm in charge. Like, change it if you want to change it. It doesn't matter. Um, so I did. I did. I did. I have changed, but I still sometimes randomly sign HFC. You, you can never really know what I may or may not do. Well, as the observer, uh, for what it's worth, the Hillary C. I like a lot better. Thank you. I like it too. I, I appreciate appreciate the support. <laughs> you write Hillary in a nice way. It. Uh, I've been writing it all these years. You know, I know how to write my name. <laughs> <laughs> do you have, do you a, have favorite a, a personal favorite of your own? Oh, yeah, do I? Ah, okay, let's see. Hmm. That is hard to say. Because one of my favorite cartoons I've ever drawn is two women are walking down the block. It's 
saying, I'm excited to leave this party we're going to. And I, I'm always like this. I've never drawn anything funnier in my life. Uh, <laughs> but the New Yorker didn't buy that. But that's like my highest like selling print. Like that's, I like definitely, um, I know people like it. Okay. Um, my favorite, I, I mean, I love, you. I love I'm... my freelance rat um, cartoon where there's this little mm -hmm. rat that's in the box and he's got a treadmill and it has computer and stuff um that's the second cartoon i ever sold to them um i love i like the cartoon also where um the woman's burning her husband's cargo shorts yeah i like that cartoon <laughs> i love my mom wine tasting cartoon um where the, the whole thing like the rambling gets on to uh, talking about Annie garden can't remember something mm -hmm. My mom would get so defensive when that one came out. She's like, people are calling me and I'm having to explain that I didn't say that. I didn't actually say it. <laughs> she, you know, Hillary writes these things. I didn't say that. I don't even watch China Garden, you know? <laughs> I was like, well, you could have said it. Um, oh, gosh. And, you know, and I have so many pieces I love. I did for Daily Shouts, too. I, um, I really love my drunk bath seasons. That's one of my favorite things I've ever drawn and um and also date night at quantico land where i got to like completely invent a fake um theme park in my head that was all at the fbi's headquarters <laughs> and i love drawing that um and then oh man i'm thinking only of cartoons that haven't been published right now there are so many ones that I, i've sold to the new yorker as of in the past like year that are just like not up and there's, I really love them. What else? Like your missing wine glass cartoon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's another one about my mother. My mom's name is Lori. I call Lori on it. Um, <laughs> I, I clearly draw a lot about my mother. Um, I love, what are some other, my God, I'm just like blanking. I, find, I had my first painting in the New Yorker two weeks ago, which was exciting. I did a sketch pad. Um, and the funny thing about that painting is I painted that in 2019 and I sold it to them in 2019 right before the pandemic. And then like, they couldn't publish like a painting about like people hanging out in the park together um, for years until it so finally came out. Where is um, that in the magazine or online? In the magazine. Where do they have paintings in the magazine? I, I don't even recall the seeing. Sketch, sketch pad. They're not always paintings. Mine just was. Um, oh, okay. It's a uh, sketchpad. Is the um, a section of the magazine that's like a, a half page, um, and it's I don't know. People do all sorts of different things for sketchpad. Um, so I had a kind of a card painted big painting slash cartoon color cartoon, but it was I did it in watercolor um of a bunch of people hanging out in a park and there's just like silly things happening in each corner so how did you submit that you submitted it to be a sketch pad i didn't know i brought it into emma and i was like what do i do with this like yeah that's like, what i'm curious I, about because it's not yeah. really a cartoon right you no i mean it like it is and it, it isn't there is some writing in it um um, I brought it, I brought it into Emma and just sort of asked her, I was like, I did this. I was just kind of messing around, you know, I think it's funny. Do you think this could be like, what, what do you think? Um, and so it, it ended up as a sketch pad. Uh, with that said, have you considered 
trying to do covers? Is that of something? course, I've submitted covers. I mean, oh, yeah. maybe, maybe when I'm 70, they'll buy one from me. Um, I definitely, I don't, they don't come to me that often. I'll say like, it's not like I've submitted so many covers. I am, um, I, every once in a while I'll have an idea and I'll send it over to Francois, but um, I have not had any luck in that department. And I think that's definitely pretty difficult to break in as far as getting a cover. Um, but it's like, yeah, they only, they kind of come to me in, in fleeting moments. Yeah. And the daily shouts is a different muscle too, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Daily shouts, you're looking more somewhere around an eight to 12 panel, you know, piece. Um, yeah. And I, I love doing shouts. I, um, I think half the time, I, well, no, sometimes I feel like I'm coming up with nothing but shouts. And then sometimes I have no ideas for shouts. I did an, another bathtub related shouts recently. Those, um, yeah, I saw that one. Very funny to me. Um, <laughs> Just various weird. bathtubs in different yeah. places. Yeah, I, I dream big, you know. Um, so I was excited about that one. It felt like a nice call and response from Drunk Bath Seasons, which I did in 2018. Um, so it was fun to kind of like do another bath piece. <laughs> I have a do lot of ever... bath content. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever submit uh, to the daily cartoon? Yeah, I've done a bunch of dailies. Um, mm -hmm. Mine are usually not political. I do kind of do more pop culture dailies or mm -hmm. um, or just like New York based dailies. Mm -hmm. uh, not to say I don't ever draw political cartoons, but it's not completely my forte. Like, you know, I draw them when I'm angry, you know, like when I'm <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, but in general, you know, someone like Brendan Loper, who's like, he's so great. And mm. so he's so on top of things. He just always has the best opinions. Um, and his, I love, I love his political cartoons. Mm. Um, so he's really, you know, very good at that. But uh, my dailies have been like, let's see what a daily I did. I had a Top Gun, <laughs> Top Gun 2 daily cartoon recently. Mm. I had a, um, where it's just like a bunch of men just like have that mustache in a bar. Um, and then um, I did one during the summer where there's two people um, in a giant hot tub, but the hot tub is a citronella candle because mm -hmm. they're trying to get away from mosquitoes. So, <laughs> <laughs> which is my whole life is trying to get away from mosquitoes. Um, so, but uh, yeah, I do dailies. That's another thing. Like, I'm like, if it, if it, if it really comes to me and I go, oh my God, I have a daily, you know, I send mm -hmm. them. But it's mm -hmm. I'm I'm not always like I'm not always looking to do dailies. Mm -hmm. Mostly because I'm lazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got a big lazy factor. <laughs> uh, we'd be remiss uh, to let you go without mentioning caption contest, uh, considering that's our theme. I know. Uh, I've I'm I've submitted a lot for caption contest. I've never sold one. Oh, you submitted, you mean, you don't mean you submitted to the caption contest. You mean you submitted cartoons for the caption contest. And for the use of the caption contest. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've had a lot where I'm like, this will totally, I've never sold one though. Um, but what, what, what are your, well, you guys obviously like the caption contest. Yeah. I was just curious <laughs> if, uh, if you had an opinion one way or the other, if you liked it, it sounds like you do like it. If you're submitting for it, it sounds like you like it. Well, it's just sort of like, sometimes I just, um, well, also, I'll, you'll end up like taking a cartoon that isn't selling, and you'll go, "Come on, maybe for the caption contest, like, why would you buy this thing?" You know, 
like because the image is maybe ridiculous enough you know for the mm-hmm. for the caption contest I will say I've never I will a I also didn't grow up with the New Yorker um like in my house so I think that maybe if it if it was showing up on my doorstep when I was younger I would have been like trying to submit to the captain con- caption contest but I didn't have that. I didn't like know about the New Yorker probably because I was living in Northern California and obviously people read it all over but it just like I didn't really know that much about it until later in life um but I still I never I never submitted so but I think it's fun you know I always like reading people's like um you know what are the final three that made it through yeah I, b- I believe in it. I support it. I believe in it. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. I like when little kids do them more than anything. Yeah. That, that shit's funny. Yeah. There was that little girl on Instagram a, yes. a year or two ago. What was her name? Alice. She was like six years old. She was killing something. it. Yeah. 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 That, that <laughs> was cute. definitely, that was a mm-hmm. big moment. Uh, I'll ask one more murder question before we let you oh, go. Oh, good. Curiosity. <laughs> So what is it generally people or you specifically like, is it the murderer mindset or just the whole mystery of solving a murder? It's the mystery to me. Like so you're less, you're less interested in the psyche of the murderer. And uh, the- no, I am. No, I mean, okay. That's both. I mean, I, I, Oh, I definitely like to, you know, unwind a puzzle and go like how how could like figure out how could this have happened and put together the pieces too when you're like when you're hearing something you know it's the solved crime hasn't been solved and you're like desperate to figure out what actually happened um and um I love that I love I mean I like I like watching thrillers I like watching mystery everything like I'm really I'm really just into any of that stuff um so I do like to like hear just like the facts of everything, just like to have all the facts break down of like, well, what happened that day and what and what led up to this? And then, but also definitely with the murder psyche, because especially for me, you know, it's just like, well, why? You know, like what? Because I think so much of like listening and under and um, yeah, partaking in true crime is sort of just trying to understand what could lead a, a person, a human being, what could lead them to kill somebody. I, you know, you want to desperately understand why they chose to do something, um, and or or what happened in their life that led them up to this moment of um, being so horrible. Because um, you know, uh, of course, there is the TV show Making a Murderer. It's like you know, people aren't born murderers um, unless you're Ted Bundy, you know. And then uh, you know, there's something that's happened to them in their lives, or or is it or is it a chemical imbalance? All this stuff. Like I I love to know all that that stuff wasn't there some weird thing about the woman that wrote um making of a murderer that she actually yeah. may have murdered her husband it, it, it wasn't there something it like that that one that was a different one there is that woman that wrote that book yes yeah like if i killed my husband or something, right. and, something then she, like and then she yeah yeah no she was just sentenced to prison so she, and she, she did. was i lost yeah. track of the she, story she wrote something i think the book was called how to kill your husband yeah yeah that's what it was and then right. she did and then i went oh my god basic instinct <laughs> like could you be more obvious um it's like hiding in plain sight you know yeah, like oh yeah. my god I, that no that story was hilarious though mm. like I was like you what is wrong with you 
but truly, truly is the plot of Basic Instinct. So <laughs> crazy. Except are you that, watching the, the Dahmer? Show? I don't want to actually. Yeah. I was like, I saw that come out and I went, now why'd they do that? And mm. I'm like the person to watch these things. Mm. But I don't understand what made them think we need more Jeffrey Dahmer. It's just like right. when they it's like when Netflix brought out two more movies on Bundy when no one needed another. Mm. I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> that was unnecessary. And we don't need it. And like, especially with Dahmer, there's so much written about him already. There's mm. so much and and if you want to watch something, watch the incredible um, Dahmer movie that's based on the graphic novel or I mean re- memoir of the mm-hmm. guy that grew up with him. Like to me, that was like really interesting. That was enough for me and my friend Dahmer. And I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I don't know why they did it other than obviously just to make money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're like, well, okay. Yeah. But uh, uh, that's one where I went, I'm good, actually. I think mm-hmm. I'm good. Yeah, I don't know why anybody would want to watch that, really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, no. he, he's a horrifying person. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I got to say that earlier when you started talking about the murder book, mm-hmm. how you introduced that, you, you started with what I thought would be a great caption for a therapy coach cartoon. What, My mother I and I like to talk about murder. Oh, there you go. That's, that's just <laughs> that's like, well, well, yes, yeah. My brother and I like to talk about murder. Yeah, I'm sitting there holding a knife or something. Yes. Like, <laughs> oh my God. It would it work for Charles Adams cartoon, you know. <laughs> if you had Wednesday sitting there. Yeah. <laughs> if only, if only I was Charles Adams, you know. <laughs> oh oh God. gosh, that's great. Yeah. Oh, we have had you for an hour. I don't know if there's anything you want to plug. We will link your uh, website in the show oh, notes great. where people can uh, buy your book and see all your yeah. uh, events. Yeah, I'd say, you know, yeah, please find a copy of Murder Book. They're typically, I find, I find them normally when I go into a bookstore, they're there. Um, and um, if you want to, you know, read more of my work outside of the New Yorker, I have a Substack. Um, you just look me up on Substack, Cartoons by Hillary, and I have a weekly newsletter on there with a ton of comics. Um, and that's that's basically it. There I am. There I am on the internet, everywhere. My God. <laughs> I just ordered a copy of the murder book. Oh, thank you. Yes. <laughs> I think you'll like it. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks so much, guys. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. And good luck with the new book and the uh, TV thing. Yeah. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.